uh, purpose of prophecy. I know prophecy is not something that you maybe grew up with. In fact, it was not mentioned where we came from. Uh, and uh, one of the things we got so excited about when we got filled with the Spirit was the gifts of the Spirit or the manifestations of the Holy Ghost. You know, we got plumb excited about the gifts of the Spirit. And um, so, but that's not the way it is everywhere. I know Pastor and I had the opportunity to meet a man, uh, I think it was last week or the week before, and week before, I guess, and he is running for a, a state office. And, of course, he, 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 he ran out to meet us. We were in a place, and he ran out to meet us because, well, he was, he's in, he was in campaign mode, you know. Well, you know, we were for him already. We already n knew of him and everything. So, uh, so Pastor began to tell him about the prophecies that had been spoken over Alabama, that there's about 30 of them. Is that 23, okay. 23 prophecies over Alabama. And it was like silence. Now, he's a Christian. He's born again and, you know, campaigns. He's, he's pushing that as a Christian. And then, so Pastor just kept going and, and everything. And so um, said something else about prophecy. And, uh, and he just silenced him, you know, okay. Because you can tell they've never heard of it. And it's not like they're being ugly. They're just like, I don't know. I don't know, you know. And so anyway, and then Pastor said later, uh, he put his phone in his pocket and it bumped him. You know, he it, it accidentally called him. And so he said it rang once and he hung up and said the man called him back and said, and was just like, oh, you know, and I, when you go to Montgomery, I want you to come and I hope I'm there. And, and so hallelujah, praise God. We're believing for opportunities, <laughs> opportunities, doors of opportunity opening up in high places because there's, I was going to say this, uh, prophecy is very powerful. And, uh, and, and anytime someone that stands in an office decrees something, it's going to carry more authority. You know, like if the president gets up and decrees, we're a Christian nation. Well, there's going to be a ripple effect straight across, all across America, that's going to have a tremendous effect in open doors. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we want our leaders of our land and of our state to be aware. We want them to be Christian, and we want them to be aware of what God is saying about our state. And uh, hallelujah. So purpose of prophecy is, one number one, we're just re real quickly looking for treasure. And uh, we know that people are, are treasures. Number two is uh, prophecy calls out the treasure and therefore restores holiness to the church. You know, if you realize what a treasure you are to God, you are, you're going to want to live a holy and pure life. And number three, looking for gold in the midst of dirt is prophecy. We, we talked about it doesn't take a prophet to see the sin in sinners, but it does take a, 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 it does take a uh, that gift of prophecy sometimes to look beyond the sin or look beyond even and sometimes we have to get past their dress their all manner of things you know and uh, but uh, seeing that prophecy are uh, looking for gold in the midst of dirt uh, and it takes the eyes of God to see the gold in broken people and number four disclosing the secrets of man's heart and that's not for the purpose of exposing sin, because prophecy doesn't expose sin. Word of knowledge sometimes will expose sin. Uh, but um, prophecy does not expose sin. It's for edification, exhortation, and comfort. And the Bible says that prophecy will expose the secrets of men's hearts, their secret dreams, their destiny, and uh, the it says in that when that happens, they don't fall down and repent, but they fall down and worship God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, when you expose a man's uh, sin, it might have a different effect, but we are exposing the, the, the things of God. Hallelujah. That is so powerful. Number five, prophetic ministry can change people's hearts. Hallelujah. It can also move us into a new level or place. And it, for example, we had a prophecy that March we would be in a new place, a new phase. And you know, what did it do? Well, it just compelled us to pray, didn't it? We just really 
were, we had to get on that. We were excited about it. And so, um, hallelujah, thank heavens for prophecy. Number six, for edification, exhortation, and comfort to build up, build up, call up, and cheer up. And this is not just human encouragement. This is not just somebody, you know, encouraging their, you know, one lost person encouraging another. But, um, but it's supernatural encouragement. I know you've probably talked on the phone to somebody before and just tried to encourage them and they just weren't encourageable. But a lot of times we're just using natural encouragement. But if we can ask God for a supernatural prophecy for their lives, that'll be a different level of encouragement. Uh, number seven, um, um, to jumpstart people into their destiny. We speak what God is saying, and it'll give us a jump start into our destiny. Hallelujah. So that's a very, some very compelling reasons uh, to be prophetic. We want to be prophetic. We want to have a prophetic culture in River Church. Now, we're not all called to be prophets. In fact, uh, you know, there's more teachers and pastors than there are prophets and apostles. So there's not, uh, I wouldn't say there's not, there's just a few people called to be prophets. I wouldn't say that, but there's not huge, huge numbers of people called to be prophets. And so, um, but we are called to be prophetic, all of us. And the Bible says that all, that you may all prophesy. We've read that. We've, we're reviewing now, so I won't look that all up. You may all prophesy and that we're in, earn, to earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that we might prophesy. And we know that there are people in the Bible that were that prophesied, but that were not prophets. Philip had four daughters that prophesied, but they were not prophets. And the Bible tells us in the Bible, it will call out if they were. A, Paul said, I'm a prophet and an apostle. Hallelujah. Um, and, you know, there's others uh, that it calls them a prophet. Jesus was a prophet. Calls, he calls himself a prophet. So, uh, hallelujah. So I know you're getting the hang of that. We talked last week about prophetic senses, and we ended with that. And I think the last thing we talked about was spiritual smell. When, and I know y'all, so we'll pick up right after spiritual smell. And spiritual smell is our five senses in the natural. We can have all of those things in the supernatural. In other words, we know we can hear something in the spirit just like we can hear something in the natural. We know we can see something in the Spirit, just like we see things in the natural. Well, we can smell in the Spirit, too. And many of you testified last week by the raising of your hands that you have smelled something before, uh, uh, the sweet fragrance of Jesus. Um, I, I told you the story last week about the author of the book, You May All... You may, I think it's... We may all prophesy, or ye may all prophesy. I can't remember the name of the book exactly, but that he spelt, he said he smelled a weird smell one night right before going to bed. He was living in the basement of a, a, a pastor friend of his while their house was being built or something. And him and his three kids and wife were living in the basement of the house right before he went to bed. And if you were living in the basement, you've got to be pretty spiritually sensitive to pick up that, you know, basements just naturally smell weird, don't they? And so um, he smelt a weird smell. He asked God about it. And he, the Lord said this, a virus had been released by the enemy to make them sick. And that's pretty amazing, isn't it? And so he prayed, resisted it, bound it up, resisted it, just like we're told to resist the devil. And his family family was well but the next morning the other family had had thrown up and everything else you do with that virus uh, all night long and so he told the pastor about what he had the lord had told him and of course the pastor wanted to know why didn't you pray for us too and he said well i kind of forgot and so uh hallelujah mm. he probably said move out of my basement uh, <laughs> no hallelujah and I praise God. Then we have spiritual touch. We'll go on to that. I don't think we talked about spiritual touch last week, did we? And that's uh, this is can manifest in several different ways. But a lot of people have this. They lay hands on someone and revelation flows. In other words, when they lay hands on, they may... Uh, they may actually uh, be able to tell you what specific disease that is operating in your body by laying on of hands. I've heard of that many times. And uh, 
I think that William Branham had something very similar to that where he knew what the disease was. Uh, or in another way this could manifest, have you ever been actually all of a sudden you felt like somebody touched you? You know, and uh, so that can be uh, something happening in the spirit. And that could be the Lord touching you. It could be an angel touching you. And uh, praise God. Hallelujah. And then we have spiritual taste. And that's having a taste in your mouth for no natural reason. And uh, I, I don't really even have any examples of that. But it makes sense to me that if of the five senses we can think of, examples of the first four there's bound to be spiritual taste also i personally have never had that or or not that i know of um you know all of those things like spiritual taste and touch and everything they fall under the gifts of the spirit they fall under word of knowledge or prophecy um and sometimes by giving us these things god's given us a sign that he wants to minister to someone uh <clears throat> When we discern spirits, uh, these are signs, hallelujah, that he's wanting us to minister to someone. We smell a fragrance. You know, we just have to, we have to seek God and figure it out. If we begin to, I, one thing I just want to encourage you to do, when you begin to have something spiritual happen, for sure don't ignore it. Find out from God, what's this about? You know, just the weird smell. That was so insightful for him to say, what, what is this about? Of course, he had had practice in spiritual gifts and teaching on prophecy. So, But nothing, nothing God does in our lives is without reason. There's never, uh, oh, that was, well, isn't that neat? And so if we see something out of the corner of our eye, we need to ask the Lord, what was that? Uh, if we see a sign and a wonder, now Pastor and I, we've kind of activated in our, that in our lives by acknowledging it and believing it. And we see signs all the time. God gives us signs. And, you know, I would tell you this, and Pastor and I uh, uh, talk about this sometimes. Since We told you about the burning bush that we saw, and we knew that it was caused in a sense it could have been caused in a sense by natural things there was water right there there was sunlight and everything but did you know it has never happened since since that morning when it did that hallelujah it has not happened again we watch for it and it has not happened so that's pretty interesting so be aware of signs be looking for signs be be thankful for signs when you see them or any of these other spiritual things that begin to happen the more we acknowledge god the more we use them as catalysts to seek god the more he's going to give those things to us uh, god likes to be appreciated he doesn't like to be ignored hallelujah and so we pursue we we pursue spiritual gifts earnestly pursue spiritual gifts Earnestly desire spiritual gifts. And so uh, uh, that's encouragement for you to do that. We want to talk a little bit about the voice of the Lord tonight uh, and how God speaks. God can speak by impression, by a dream, or some other means. And He speaks to us by His own voice also. And there are different levels and ways in which He speaks. We know that He speaks from the still, small voice. The still small voice. And it's a probability, a high probability that every Christian has heard God speak this way in a still small voice, even though, and also by impression that, and it might be kind of hard to discern uh, between an impression and the still small voice, uh, but hallelujah. Sometimes you just know something. You know, sometimes you know something because it doesn't feel right on the inside. You can't really. You hadn't heard a voice, but it doesn't feel right. Hallelujah. On the inside. Or sometimes we say something's bearing witness to me, and it bears witness on the inside. And sometimes we can look for if God's, how God's, what God thinks about something. I sometimes do red light, green light. Sometimes I'll be praying about something in the church. Are we supposed to have this certain, certain guest speaker? And maybe they've called and asked to come or something. And we don't just take it for granted. We don't have everybody that calls. Because sometimes uh, the timing doesn't feel right for the church. You know, it's like that's not, that's not where we're at right now. Uh, and so I will look at 
I will pray about them and I'll look to see if I have a flow, kind of a, a flow from my spirit or a green light. Sometimes I'll see it like a green light, but sometimes I just see it like I'll just have flowing from my spirit. And I'm like, well, my heart's flowing towards that. Or sometimes I'll just feel like I can't make it go. You know, it's like, like a car that won't go. And I'll know that that's not that's not right for now. Pastor uh, does the same thing. We and we test these things on each other. Hallelujah. You can pray about something together. Husbands and wives, you know, get in the living room, pray about something together, pray in tongues and then ask, well, what are you feeling about this? And one share, what are you feeling about this? And if you both hear, if you're kind of feeling something different, you need to go pray some more and pray again and keep seeking. Sometimes you have to get closer to something to find out the answer to something. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, Hallelujah. You know, sometimes you find you get out. Sometimes we want to pray out ahead, but you can get too far out ahead and you can't find out anything sometimes. And if you're if you're just, well, I just can't figure out where it is we're supposed to go on vacation and you're praying it out in January and you're like, I want to know where we're supposed to go on vacation. And yeah, but nothing's coming and it's not nothing seems right and everything. Well, you just need to put it down for a while. It isn't vacation time yet. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, uh, praise the Lord. So the still small voice that everybody, nearly every Christian has heard the still small voice at some times or another. A lot of times they're not, Christians have not trained themselves to recognize it. Listen, hearing God is training and process. It doesn't just happen. God doesn't just, you can't, I can't bring you up here and pray that you'll learn to hear God. I can pray you learn to hear God, but I can't just pray you'll hear God. You're going to have to practice. You're going to have to listen. You're going to have to want to hear. You're going to have to be, and when we got baptized in the Holy Ghost in 1980, I was like, first, one of the first things I started praying was, Lord, make me sensitive. I was so excited about the gifts of the Spirit, and I wanted to know what was going on in the spirit realm. So I said, Lord, make me sensitive. Sometimes I think I'm nearly too sensitive because things bother me that don't bother other people you know and they bother me but they, it's not like I'm missing it it's just like you can get to fretting over things when you're sensitive and I do sometimes I fret over things because I'm sensitive I don't like a lot of things it's like I don't like that that bothers me that's not right that's not God and you know uh, some people are just about as sensitive as an old rubber boot Hallelujah. And you know, and don't want to be much more sensitive to that. They don't want to know the truth, so the truth will set them free. But I wanted to be free. I wanted to be sensitive. And boy, all of, I just, you know, I just started, God worked, God answered, and I started being sensitive. And I, I have practiced and practiced and practiced hearing God. We listen. I keep my, boy, we come into a special meeting, and I am listening on two levels. I'm listening on the natural level, but I'm also listening on the, uh, the spiritual level. What is God saying? Uh, what what it, what's God saying here that that He's not saying out plainly? Hallelujah! And when you get something from the Lord, sometimes He gives it to you in mystery form, so that He wants you to seek Him. He wants you to go after it. Hallelujah! We'll talk about that a little more lately. Um, so this still small voice is soft, gentle voice. It's usually for personal instruction and encouragement it comes internally it's inside you and it's quiet and you must judge it in the light of scripture because when it comes to the still small voice it's very easy to make a mistake and that's because it's inside of you and there's something else that's also inside of you and that's the desires of your heart and so it's really easy to think oh yeah but you have so you have to put every one of every what you hear is a still small voice put it up against scripture hallelujah and also i found that when hearing god for decisions best not to be in a hurry god always gives us plenty of time he never tells us something and says you got to decide right now he does not do that if he knows you have a decision to make in three months he's going to start even if he doesn't tell you what the exact decision is he's going to be preparing you for that hallelujah 
And when people try to pressure men, Pastor, we take it as a clear sign it's not the devil. God doesn't ever manipulate us. He doesn't try to control us. He gives us He gives us wisdom. Hallelujah. But as we grow in God and we learn to hear Him better and more consistently, we get where we can make things faster because why we're used to Him. We know His voice. We recognize that's not God. We recognize when something is God. Of course, when you're making life-changing decisions, we still need to take time. Hallelujah. Y'all can see that, I know. Uh, number two is that internable, internable, internal, <laughs> audible voice of God. Internal, but it's audible. It's in here. Nobody else can hear it, but it is just a clear, definite, it's not just kind of a slight thing. It's a definite word from God. We hear him. One time uh, I asked, uh, Colin had done something he wasn't supposed to do. And I had always told my kids, God will show me. And you aren't going to get by with anything. But God didn't show me. And he came and confessed and repented for something. And I was mad. I was, I was mad at him. And I was mad at I, I wasn't mad at God, but I was mad I didn't know ahead of time. And I said... God, why didn't you tell me so I could stop him? And boy, it wasn't audible out here, but it was audible in here. He, the Lord said to me, if I couldn't stop him, what makes you think you could? Hallelujah. Boy, I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, God spoke to me. I spoke to him, <laughs> you know, and he spoke right back that same way. Now, if you're real soft-spoken and you say, oh, Jesus, why... Why did you not speak to me? Well, you know, hallelujah. He might speak back to you that way, but he spoke to me firmly and clearly. I knew what he was saying, and I knew what he meant. Hallelujah. And I know, and I understood why he didn't speak to me. Oh, oh I'll tell you what he else he said. He said, if, you couldn't st if I couldn't stop him, what makes you think you could? And you would have tore your whole church up trying to. And I said, you're right, I would have. I would have. Because I was that protective in my kids. I would have just slayed the whole crew. <laughs> if it, I mean, because I was so protective of, of Colin and Eric. And it's like, um, I, I know they think I don't, didn't really love them and all those kind of things. They might think that. I remember when Colin was, Eric was, I guess Colin was about 14. He said, well, just one day we were talking about something and he said, well, I hadn't had any love since Eric was born. And I'm like, that was not true. <laughs> but, so he might have thought I didn't love him, but I did. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we have this internable, audible voice, and it's higher revelation. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, um, it can be loud and booming. It's not coming in our thoughts. It's not just something coming in our thoughts. It's much clearer, much more definite. You remember it when you have this internal audible voice, and it's clear to you. I, one time I said to the Lord, I was kind of having symptoms. This was when we first got started. And I said, Lord, you know, the Bible, you, the Bible says you hasten over your word to perform it. He said back to me, you hadn't been putting enough word in for me to have anything to perform. Because I'd been kind of off of it, which would also explain why symptoms came. But I did not uh, have that revelation at that point because we were pretty new in things. So, But it was a very decisive, clear voice coming internally, not outward hearing. Uh, this is the kind of voice, this voice cuts through and interrupts our thoughts. Hallelujah. When you hear this voice, you don't sit there wondering if God spoke to you. You know it. Number three is the audible voice of God. And this is another, uh, this is a higher level. <laughs> Actually, I've been taught the opposite, that if you hear an audible voice, it's because you're not listening to the others. But I'll go with what this uh person I studied after, he said that this was a higher level. And, uh, and this makes sense. If you only think you heard God speak audibly, then you haven't. They, uh, one man described it this way, that it's immense. It's like hearing eternity speak. You, you, are, sometimes, you are shaken afterwards. You're shaken for weeks afterwards. I mean, and this is audible out here. Now, I will say, even though it's audible out here, 
other people may not hear it. I, do you remember on the uh, uh, when Jesus spoke one time and they and everybody else thought it thundered? God spoke to Jesus. That's wrong. God spoke to Jesus and Jesus heard what it was said and everybody else heard it thunder. And uh, but so it's it can happen like that. So this is like hearing eternity speak. God does not speak this way frequently. And I think that is anybody in here heard the audible out here voice? Okay, one. I've never heard that audible out there voice. Okay, uh, number four. <coughs> God uses puns or plays on words. Plays on words. Play anyway. Jeremiah one. Let's go over there. God uses puns. God has got a real sense of humor. Sometimes we're very serious, but he's got a sense of humor. I know he's cracked jokes with me before. Uh, praise God. I think that when we laugh, he laughs. I think sometimes we're way too serious about some things, and that when we're having a good time and laughing about something, you know, that he laughs too. But he, he uses puns and plays on words. Jeremiah 1, 11 and 12. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Now, in the Hebrew, the word almond tree is shakade. So he said, I see a shakade. And... Uh, uh, God answered him, thus, then, thus, then said the Lord unto him, uh, Thou hast well seen, for I am Shekad. It's a pun. It was a play on words that God used here. And they say that often happens in the Hebrew. And it makes sense to me that if he gives puns and plays on words, and uh, he speaks to us in, in funny ways or makes a joke about something, that he then, then he's going to do it. Now, um, so the almond tree is shakade. He said, I'm, I am shakad, watching over my word to perform it. Shakade, shakad, it was a close word. I know y'all are, are just, I know we don't speak Hebrew, so we're not, we're not <laughs> that excited about it, but hallelujah. We proved it in scripture anyway, didn't we? Okay, let's talk about visions for a minute. And visions, there's different kinds of visions. There's glimpses in the Spirit. These are brief. I like to say this is like the shutter on a camera. It just opens for a second. You just get a glimpse. When we train ourselves to be sensitive, we ask the Lord to be sensitive, we're going to have to be sensitive to see these little, you know, because it's not like a picture and you go, oh, I see that mountain. No, it's like, and you could have missed it, but... But if we're sensitive, we'll see and we'll and we'll take note. Oh, I just saw, you know, I just saw this. I just saw that. Uh, it's a still picture or a brief story, and a lot of times it can be symbolic of something. I know. Uh, I think I saw her. I just saw a brief picture of Leanne in a river paddling a boat a while ago, and this happens all the time to all of us. And. I, or, and if you aren't seeing these little glimpses in the Spirit, then ask God for them and begin to train yourself to be more sensitive. Uh, and then there's these there's gentle internal visions and there's strong internal visions. And these are stronger than glimpses. Internal visions are stronger than glimpses. They're clearer and they're more pronounced. An open vision is received with your eyes open. That's when I'm sitting here looking at you, but all of a sudden I'm seeing something. And uh, open visions are not stopped by distractions. Uh, you could get up and leave the room. And I would, and it would not, that distraction would not stop the vision. Um, these visions can start, be interrupted, and then continue. Open visions are sometimes seen by more than one person at a time. Hallelujah. Open visions, strong, strong visions, strong glimpses, clearer, more pronounced. There's panoramic visions. There's visions that last 30 minutes and you're in a vision. And uh, there's visions when you are uh, caught up in the spirit and see something and you don't even know what's happening around you. That's another uh, type of vi uh, uh, vision. And then there are dreams. There's dreams, uh, and I've been reading this book about dreams, and if you're very interested in dreams, I think it's a pretty good one. James Gall, 
James W. Gall, and it's uh, Dream Language. The Prophetic Power of Dreams, Revelations, and the Spirit of Wisdom. And uh, I liked it. It's taught me a lot about dreams. And I believe dreams are increasing. I know they are in my life. I've been having lots more spiritual dreams. And Pastor has too. On uh, Sunday night, he dreamed that him and I were with the President of the United States asking the President questions. And uh, uh, I felt unction that that dream partially meant, maybe not the whole thing, uh, it meant that we were going to, um, that we had anointing to pray for the president, that we had influence in prayer where the president was concerned. And you know, that played out perfectly on Monday night. I put that down as a prayer. Uh, sometimes it's been hard to pray before, um, for, uh, Sometimes people in authority, it's a little harder to pray for. Sometimes we don't feel that connected. But there was a real anointing to pray for the president uh, on, in prayer on Monday night. And so we did that. Uh, so these are uh, dreams. Uh, Joseph, Mary's husband, received four distinct dreams from God that were instructional in, instructional in nature. And so sometimes dreams are instructional. Sometimes dreams are literal, and any time you have a little literal dream, a lot of times it's a warning. Literal dreams usually come as warnings. Uh, there's also symbolic dreams. I would say a great portion of dreams are symbolic, and they must be interpreted. And sometimes it takes time to interpret them. Uh, you process that over time. Write down your dreams. Make sure you're writing down your dreams. You think you will remember, uh, but you won't probably. You could forget them, let it go. And uh, but so write them down, and you can refer back to them. And as we grow in understanding, sometimes we uh, we our dreams have greater significance. I mean, we look back on them, and they have great significance. Uh, Sometimes it, you, 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 if they're symbolic, we, God's saying pray over it, meditate on it. He wants you to, uh, these can be instructional or warnings. They can be encouragement or they can also be teachings. Sometimes God will teach us something in prayer. Sometimes he will give us a scripture in prayer. Sometimes we see a scripture written out in prayer and that would be important. We need to take note of those things. Um, some dreams are of angels or of the Lord. If we have a dream and the angel or the Lord is speaking to us, these are not visitations. This is not a visitation. It's a dream. And dreams are one of the most effective ways God speaks to us because when we're in, it's when we turn everything off. We're asleep. We've got everything turned off. And he can get messages to us and sometimes that he is having trouble getting messages. We're not hearing. We're not paying attention. We're too busy. And so dreams have great significance in that sense. Um, hallelujah. I want to read you a couple of things from this book about dreams. There also is a section in the back of this uh, that gives not a lot, not a huge d dictionary of what different things mean. We ate lunch with the Averys today and she had had a dream like the night before or the day before, a couple of days ago, she dreamed that her and Pastor Dennis owned Biltmore. Biltmore. Hallelujah. And she had she's told somebody, and we only paid $187,000 for it. And she said, you know, there was rooms after rooms and treasures. And so I'm thinking about her dream, and I thought, when I got home, I thought, I'll look this up. And houses, it's amazing. Y'all didn't really think they was going to own the Biltmore, did you? <laughs> no, I thought it was symbolic So when, when she said it. But I looked up in the back of this, and houses mean a lot of times the church. The church. And so I thought, well, these numbers are significant, 187,000. So I looked up. I didn't even think about that at first, but then I saw some numbers in here. So 100 means revival. I was like getting excited by this time. Hallelujah. And I'm thinking lots of rooms in this Biltmore, rooms of revival. I'm like, wow. And Pastor Avery, now he is on prayer uh, for revival. He is like unprecedented, unsurpassed. He's got this little 
I don't even know what he says about it, but he goes through these prayers on revival. And, of course, eight, I forget what eight meant. Uh, seven means perfection, you know, and then even thousand means something. So I'm going to write this out. I'm going to have time. I didn't have time this out. But I believe that when we put this all together, the church, revival, and a hundred, eight, seven, thousand, we're going to have a message. And, of course, she said, she, she, in the dream she told Pastor Dennis, uh, there were, oh, there's so many treasures. Well, what are treasures? People. Hallelujah. And I'm like, this is awesome. This is tremendously awesome. And so that's in this book, too, if, you're, if you want to order this book off of Amazon or something. Or you can go down Barnes & Noble and they'll order it for you. Thank you, Jesus. I wanted to read you this about dream eggs. Dream eggs. <laughs> night after night, the Lord came to me with such incredibly sweet dreams, building me up and undoing rejection and fear and comparison and all those kinds of things. I like to call my dreams dream eggs because most of the time I do not receive the interpretation for them right away. Like other eggs, dream eggs need time and warmth to develop and hatch. I envision it this way, a large nest full of little eggs that I am responsible to incubate. In prayer, I will go to those different eggs and pick them up, turn them over and offer them to the Lord. And every now and then one of them hatches and I get to see what is in it. I have many eggs that still have not hatched, but I will turn them over. I will tend them carefully, believing that God will hatch each one when its time comes. Hallelujah. And I wanted to read this. Let me see if this is right here. I realize that just because I don't recall a dream doesn't mean that he did not give it to me. Hallelujah. How many times have you been in a situation where you had a sense of deja vu? Everything looks strangely familiar and you feel like you've been there before even though you know you haven't. Our minds are like file cabinets. God gives us dreams in our sleep, but sometimes he files them away in the back of our mind where they are safe from being stolen by the enemy. Hallelujah. And where they can be pulled out again in an appropriate time. You may not remember the dream immediately afterward, but the day may come when you will receive a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom and suddenly the knower in you becomes activated. God pulls long forgotten dream out of the file cabinet, opens it before your inner vision. God never wastes anything. If he gives you a dream, he has an amazing divine reason. God gives us dreams for his own purposes. One of his main purposes is to draw us to himself. God loves to give us mysteries. He loves to give us questions that he does not seem to answer. That unknown factor stirs a hunger in us to draw closer. It is God's way of saying, come a little closer, come a little closer and ask me again. Amen. Hallelujah. And I did not know this, and you're going to have to read the book if you want to know all about that. But if the dream's in color, it means something different than if the dream's black and white. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll give you a little mystery there and you can solve it. Let's go on to um, trances. Acts 10 34 says Peter fell into a trance. Y'all remember that story. He was up on top of the roof. He fell into a trance and that's where he got understanding that the Gentiles were going to receive the gospel and not Quit thought calling that which is uh, what calling that which God has declared clean as unclean. Well, now that also that trance has double meaning because um, God never gives us an example that is untrue to, to prove a truth. So if God told him when the sheet descended, and there's pigs and and there's pigs on the sheet. If he said Peter kill and eat then that has to be true that we're, not, we're no longer under the law of we can't eat pig or, or even shrimp. You can eat shrimp now. Hallelujah. You can eat if you want to. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't have to eat it, and you don't have to eat pig, but we don't let people tell us, well, you ought not to eat that pig, you know. Oh, you know. And we've had people try to tell us that, that tried to bring us back under the law of not eating pig. Hallelujah. So, but God never gives us a truth, an untruth, to prove a truth. 
That's just how he is. He doesn't show us a lie to give us the truth. He doesn't tell us a lie to show us something. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So trances. Peter fell into a trance. And when you're in a trance, all the awareness of your natural surroundings is obscured and you are transfixed on the events in the trance. Trances last from a few seconds to several hours to, what was it, Amy Simple McPherson that was in one for like three or four days? Yeah, on the stage. Or was it, uh, was it Amy Simple McPherson? Yeah, she started the Four Square Church. She might have been. I don't remember, but she was in a trance for like four days on the stage. Hallelujah. Um, three or four. So, uh, so to several hours, but from a few seconds. Church history is full of accounts of God speaking through trances, and trances are higher level than dreams or visions. Being caught up in the Spirit, that is similar to a trance, but you seem to be transported somewhere. Peter was caught up into the third heaven. That's in 2 Corinthians 12, 23. And also, uh, the New Age counterfeits this. They, uh, the New Age tries to counter, counterfeit everything. Everything that's God, the New Age has tried to counterfeit. And I think it's astral projection or something when you get uh, transported or caught up in the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 12, 23. Don't be afraid of... Uh, being deceived. Remember, we talked about this when we first started out. Any, when you ask for, uh, when a, when a father, or when you ask your father for a, uh, a, uh, help me, fish. He doesn't give you a serpent. He doesn't give you a stone. Okay, so God is going to keep us where He's not going to allow us to receive demonic things. You're going to have to get over there and play with the demonic for you to receive something demonic. And so don't play with the demonic. Don't get over in the new age. If you have, repent from it. Be cleansed from it. Don't get any, don't, don't touch anything new agey. Hallelujah. There's lots of new age in movies. There's lots of occult uh, in movies. There's lots of witchcraft in mu movies. I hope you're sensitive enough that you pick up on it and you see it. And you go, that's not right. And sometimes it's very subtle. Sometimes it's more obvious. Sometimes it's in the title. It's like, sometimes you can tell by looking at the title. Sometimes you can look, tell by looking at the characters. This isn't right. This isn't God. When E.T., that movie came out, I'm like, we were just full of the Spirit. That was pretty, we were pretty young in the things of the Spirit. And I went, that ain't right. My kids aren't watching that. That's just not right. And so, um, we didn't watch it. Our kids didn't watch it. And man, it is, it's pretty thick out there actually now. And it's, you know, we got, um, what is that? Long Island Medium is on TLC. I don't, well, oh, you know, we just bypassed her as fast as we can. But sometimes, you know, when you're recording something else, you get those advertisements. That's a, Get you a DVR. If you're going to watch TV, have a DVR. If you're not going to get a DVR, just might as well turn off your cable and go to the house. Hallelujah. That's true. You've got to be able, even, you know, watching movies and everything, you've got to be able to go past this stuff. Hallelujah. Isn't that the truth? And uh, praise God. Get rid of... And when, you know, I, I kind of have a limit about two bad words and I'm out of there. Maybe three if I have great hope and I'm really wanting to see it, but I just... I'll just be out of there. The movies that really get to me are the ones where it's just right at the ending and they throw that bad word in right at the very end. It's been a perfect movie. No sex, no violence, and no cuss words. And then all of a sudden it's like kaboom and it doesn't even fit. It's, it's just horrible. It's horrible. And, you know, praise God. They say that um, somebody told me that, what was that movie that's just come out? No, not that. That's trash. <laughs> that's it's not scriptural it's not scriptural there's some kind of entity that bad evil person gets on the boat with noah and you know and uh, yeah atheists put that out this one is uh no god's not dead god's not dead they said that was good we heard that was good from the avery's and they said it was sold out and so I hope this, we pray Hollywood gets the message that we're wanting some good, clean movies. They don't have to be Bible, but we want them good. We want them clean. Hallelujah. 
I mean, they don't have to be God's not dead, son of God, you know. But clean is good. Clean is good. Amazes me what Christians watch sometimes. I'm like, I'm just not getting it, Lord, but I don't get a lot of things. So that's all right if I don't get it. Uh, <clears throat> being caught up in the Spirit. We got that, didn't we? And so watch out for new age. Because you know what? If you are listening to it and playing with it, then you can be deceived more easily. And I'll tell you also, if, if you want to be used by God, you're going to have to purge that stuff. Because you're not going to get very far. You know, there's something... I know our spirits, What we, we, we minister from our spirit, but it's got to flow through our soul. And when we put things that are not right in our soul, then we've kind of shut down. God's speaking to us. He's, he's not going to talk much, except to help bless us, get us out of it. But if we've ignored Him and He's been trying to talk to us, you can shut down. You can shut down hearing God. And we don't want to do that. We want to hear God more and more. We need to for these last days. If nothing, we need to for our own families. We need to for protection. But we also need to to be a minister to others. Hallelujah. You're going to be used more if you live a life of purity. And we're all, we all are fighting for that. We're all struggling for that. You know, it's not, and we're not under condemnation. But we do need to pursue that. Angelic visitations. Angels that bring messages throughout the New Testament. Angels are messengers. They're not just heavenly protectors. They're messengers. The presence of angels has been increasing. Angels come into our services. They make deliveries. They're here for a purpose. One time, sometimes angels come into places, into our services specifically, and they come because they've been in the presence of God, so it will increase the anointing or the presence of God for them to just come in. They don't even have to say anything. And sometimes they don't. And sometimes they're protecting us, even from what we don't know is out there and what's out there in the spirit realm. You know what I'm saying? Okay, and then we have visitations of the Lord. Visitations of the Lord. The Lord himself visits some people. I've never had a visitation from the Lord. I asked him one time. I asked him a long time ago. I said, Lord, I want you to come visit me. And he said, uh, not now, but before, before the end, before the rapture, I, I'll come. And so I'm expecting him to, to walk in and see me. I have had angels come into my room at home. And uh, I said, what's that about, Lord? And he said, those angels are sent to help get the job done in Tuscaloosa County. And they were uh, Roman-attired uh, uh, warrior angels. They were warrior angels. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so we see angels. People see angels sometimes here in the room. Well, you can see angels by actually seeing them. You can see them with your eye, you realize, you're naturalized, you can see them with your spiritual eyes, or you can just have an impression that an angel is there. I saw the ones in my bedroom I saw with my spiritual eye. There's been times I just had an impression that there's a presence or something over here. Or there's a, you know, and you assume that's an angel. If, if you're feeling good about it, it's an angel. If you're feeling really bad about it, it's a devil. And you need to cast it out. Hallelujah. I Mostly when I feel those, it's usually, uh, never mind. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. I just won't say that. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Well, we're going to fold up for tonight. And I think we'll have one more week on prophecy. I want to talk next week about uh, 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 some conclusions on prophecy and some etiquette for prophecy and uh but we're gonna we want to be a prophetic culture but you know we want to flow with god and uh so i plan to do that i don't know what we'll do the week after that i'm not positive we um on the oh where's those pass outs did you okay right here on the last week of the month which will be the 30th but it's the fifth wednesday we're going to have a dinner at the church and did you and um we'll have the sheets to sign up out sunday we're going to have our Wednesday night dinner. and Yeah, and then I won't give everybody one. And you can have more than one if you want it. But this, what we're going to do that night, is we want you to write down any question from the Scripture or any question about life, because all the answers to life are in the Bible. 
and uh, we want you to, um, or if, so, if you want us to talk about something that we have not talked about or something we've touched on but we didn't finish or because we we do that sometimes you know we'll get talking about something get off on something else and so we want you to write that down and that night after we have our dinner we are going to be it'll be sort of like teaching but we'll be teaching on individual questions that you turn in and you can fill that out now. We'll be reminding you to fill that out. But we're not. you have to have it in ahead of time. You can't hand it to us right before the, the Wednesday night service and get it answered. <laughs> Hallelujah. You might get it answered, but we might not answer that. So it, it, and, and you know, there's nothing off limits. Praise God. We'll send the children to children's church and there'll be nothing off limits, will there? Hallelujah. So whatever you want to ask, what you what do you want us to talk about? Hallelujah. That night. What do you want us to touch on? That'll be fun. That'll be something different. God and, and we got this from the Lord. We didn't get it from ourselves. And then uh, probably starting sometime in May, Eric and I are going to be teaching. I don't, we haven't got it exactly figured out. We're going to teach on something called Money in the Prosperous Soul. For, and that's going to be uh, very good, very good, very good. And that's because one of the uh, revival cultures is generosity. And so we need to understand about generosity, but we also need to understand uh, how soul prosperity works with, with our prosperity. And it's a good, it's a good teaching. It's a good teaching. So that's those are things that are coming up. Plus, we're having the Stone Thors first weekend of May. That'll be May. I don't know what it is. It's the first weekend of May. <laughs> It'll be Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, and uh, I don't know the dates on that. And then the fifteenth of of uh, June on Saturday night, the fourteenth Sunday morning, I believe, the fifteenth Sunday night, the fifteenth of June. That will be uh, uh, Wingoss. Hallelujah. So we got some good things coming up. Like going to be a, I told Pastor, I warned him, I said, now soon as we hit March, it's a, you know, January just, it's like, will this month ever be over? You know, couldn't get out of it fast enough. It was so miserably cold, you know. Uh, and then February, kind of the same thing, want to get through it, although it's a short month. But I said, as soon as we hit March, it's a fast slide right into July. You just hit March, and it's like, whew, and the next thing you know, you're in July. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> there's so much activity and so much busyness in there. Glory to God. And we're going to get a new grandbaby, so that's going to keep us busy. I'll be busy rocking.